broadcasting from the center of the universe and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Ball Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome back inside the room. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, sent here to teach you how to start and grow a successful business. My name is Clay Clark, and I'm joined with a lady by the name of Miss Sharita Shark. She has that nickname because she is serious about business. You do not want to argue with Sharita. Miss Sharita, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Hey, when did that nickname Shark become a thing? When did that first get introduced to the, the, the American nomenclature? To the world. Well, a really, really long time ago, actually, my youngest um, brother nicknamed me Shark, and um, he watched wrestling. Do you remember that? When it was like WWE, not, mm-hmm. you know, and there was a guy named Shark on there, and I think he liked, you know, Sharita, Shark. It kind of had similar letters. So he started calling me Shark. See, I think that it, but you guys resurrected it because I didn't tell anybody that for a long time. You I feel like your full nickname <laughs> should be Sh- Sharita yeah. Shark, uh-huh. the inventor of Sharita Law. <laughs> okay. Sharita Law. You've heard about Steve Steve Currington. He's the mortgage wizard here. He's Tulsa's mortgage expert. If you yes. type in Tulsa Mortgages, Steve Currington and TLC Mortgage always comes up top in Google. He's a search engine wizard. He's a marketing guru. He's the founder. Uh, he's the guy behind the ideas behind the Get Qualified theme. Steve, how are you doing, my friend? Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Clay. Hey, we are, we are pumped up to talk about something that I know that so many Thrivers have emailed us and texted us about. It is this concept of how do you get over the fears of starting your own business? There's a, there's like, like a, a fear there. And what I have done is I've distilled it down to the four most common fears that I hear entrepreneurs talk about all the time. So, Steve, I'm going to start with your take on fear number one. Okay, gotcha. A lot of entrepreneurs have a fear of poverty. Um, and you, you've met these people. You've been out networking with people. You've helped people get financing for their homes. You've helped people grow their... Many, many people will come to you because they see the success of your company. And they say, I want to have that kind of success. I want to do it. And you've sat down with them and you've talked to them, and but you sense that they're afraid. Can you talk to me about why so many people are just afraid? Or what do you think is going on inside the, the cranium of most people? Well, I think um, in my experience, what I've dealt with, with with a lot of people is that they just haven't pushed themselves to the level uh, that they that they can handle. And mm. so if you know, if you kind of get out of your comfort zone and, you know, I'm sure I've heard it plenty of times on the radio show. Uh, you and Dr. Z talk about your your sphere and the people that you spend your time with and the people that you're around, the people that influence you and influence your life might limit you and keep you in that fear um, my coach used to say, uh, the people in the valley, right? Absolutely. Well, I, I want to ask you this because you surround yourself with people that now are positive. Um, what advice would you have for the thriver out there who says, you know, you know what? I, I, I buy into that and I realize I'm not surrounded by super, um, positive entrepreneurial people. I'm not surrounded by people that are having big success. What feedback or advice would you have for them? For someone that is not having good success with being positive and being around people, yeah, they, they, there's somebody's listening right now who's who's not around positive people. They're good. They're good people, right? They work in an office. They have a job. They have aspirations to become an entrepreneur, but they just uh, aren't around entrepreneurial people. What what advice would you have? How do you get into the game? 
I'm a book reader or listener. Um, I like to listen to not fiction, but business books. And so um, I always tell people you got to produce your way out of a funk. And sometimes when I get in a funk or I'm not in a positive spot, I'll go get a book that's going to help me get into that entrepreneurial spirit because you're listening to it. Um, I listen to Audible. You, you might be a person that likes to hold a book in your hand. If you like to hold a book in your hand, read a book. Get something. You know, it's garbage in, garbage out. So if you've constantly got negative, negative, negative coming in, you've got to find ways to introduce positive things into your brain. And the way I do that is by turning on a podcast, turning on a book, turning on something that's positive. You know, the, uh, there's a book called The Magic of Thinking Big that was written years ago. I think it was written in the 50s. I've read the book numerous times. Um, I encourage everybody to listen to it if you're kind of stuck in a, in a funk there. But the magic of thinking big basically describes that your mind is what the mind is fed. And that's what you were just saying is right. the mind ultimately, uh, whatever you feed it, I mean, you can't feed your mind garbage and expect to get anything but garbage out, as you as you mentioned. Sharita, you have, have been around some people. You've, you've seen coaching clients come in here. You've seen some of the transformations. You've seen somebody who's come in kind of negative, and they're able to, to uh, their mindset is changed by being up in a positive environment. They've been open to coaching. And you've seen some people that are resistant to it. What it, advice would you have, or, or what, can you kind of share a little bit about your experience as it relates to anybody who's you know, not surrounded by those kind of positive people? What advice would you have for them? Sure. I love that you mentioned mindset because I think sometimes we have this generational outlook. You know, maybe your grandparents grew up in the Depression. Maybe you were poor growing up. Um, I think it's a combination of all these things. It's like what you take in. Like Steve is saying, it's who you're around. But you have to decide within yourself, hey, I'm going to go further. I'm going to do things differently. It has to start like with the individual. You know, you have right. to decide, I'm going to do things differently. And then you look for the support. You look for the coaching. You look for the accountability. You read the books. But I think you have to decide within yourself first and foremost. So what I want all the Thrivers to do right now is I want you to get a, a sheet of paper or a notebook of some kind, and I want you to jot down your F6 goals. Well, what's an F6 goal? I want you to jot down, if you did have all of the financial and time freedom that you could possibly have, if you have had all of the financial freedom that you could possibly have, you had all the time available, what would you be doing with your life on the following six areas? So F number one is faith. What would you be doing with your faith? I mean, would you be spending more time? Maybe you'd be doing missions. Maybe you say, hey, you know what? I would not. I, I would spend actually less time at the church if I had all the money. Maybe you spend more. I don't know. Faith, family, right? Who would you spend time with? Friendships, right? It's fitness. Fitness, that's a big thing for a lot of people. Fun, Fun, okay? And then obviously finances. How would you spend your finances? But think about those F6 goal areas because if you're not intentional about knowing what you want, you won't want to push through the fear. And today we're talking about pushing through the, the main four fears, but you won't even want to if you don't know your goals there, Sharita. Yeah, I wanted to say something about the F6 goals because especially if you're having to change your mindset, if you grew up poor, if you have that poverty mindset, it can even be a hindrance to to sit down and think about what are my goals for my finances? What are my goals? And so I just really want to reiterate what Clay is saying here. You have to like project beyond where you are right now. Where do you want to be? And I think that's really important because you can't go beyond where you are if you don't take the time to really think about that. Well, I'll give the Thrivers some of my goals that are maybe bizarre to you, but one is um, um, faith, you know. I really have decided that I can do church about once a week. That's about where I'm at. I don't want to go twice. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried that. I know what that means, and I've done that. Yeah. And some of you might go, are you kidding me? No, I'm, I'm being serious. 
I don't, I don't want to go on Wednesday. I just want to go on Sunday. And I go, I go on Sunday, and I don't want to get into the home fellowship. I don't want to start networking with you. I don't want to be worried about who's bringing carrots. Um, I don't, wh- but why that's do- what works for you, right? right? You're not trying to do someone else's goals. And then you know? friendships, I'm trying to have less of them this year, <laughs> but go deeper. No, I mean, I'm trying that's to have less, good. but go deeper. Deep. Go so deep. here's the deal. Is like, I feel like a friend is somebody who, if, they, if you have, a, this is an example of a friend. Um, years ago, I had a really bad situation with one of my DJ, with, with my DJ company, and I called this guy and I said, "Hey, could you help me with this situation?" And he like dropped everything and he did everything he could possibly do to help me make that show possible. He helped move equipment. He never asked, "Hey, how much am I getting paid for this?" He's just my buddy. He dropped everything to help me, let me borrow his vehicle, save the day for somebody's wedding. And then he reached out to me one day and said, "Hey." Could you help me? I got the situation. Could you help me? And I remember thinking to myself, yes, I'm absolutely going to help him. But then I was just thinking about this about a year ago. I was thinking, you know, if somebody asks me right now, hey, could you do X, Y, Z for me? I can't because of all the obligations I have. I mean, I have about 100 people that I'm, I feel like I know very well. About 100 people, not like 1,000, but about 100 people that I know very well. And I feel awful because even if I went out to eat with everybody who is a friend of mine once a month, I would basically every nine or eight years go out to dinner with them. I mean, that, that sucks when you have that many people that you really care about and you go, hey, you know, I care about you. So every 96th week, I will be able to go out to eat with you because I'm such a big deal. No, it's not that you're a big deal. It's just because if you get emotionally into too many friendships slash acquaintances, you can't really go deep. And I think that you owe it to yourself to write down the friendship thing. Who are 10 people this year? that you want to get close to. And I'm going to tell you this, you put them on the list, the chances are they don't want to get close to you yet, and you've got to initiate that relationship. And I know with getting to meet Dr. Z, that was a big thing for me, was I had to reach out to the mentor who was busy, who, by the way, didn't have on his list, I'm looking for a 21-year-old man who's crazy, confused all the time with no money. I want to invest a ton of time in him. That sounds great. And I want him to be a disc jockey, and I want him to be perpetually confused and running behind and, and perpetually late, too. That's what I'm... No, Dr. Z wasn't looking for me, and I had to reach for him. Now, Steve, you reached out to a guy named Dr. Green back in the day. Right. Can you tell the Thrivers who Dr. Green was and kind of how you decided to reach out to that guy? Yeah, so Dr. Green at the time was the dean of the school of business at ORU, and he was also the pastor of Bixby Community Church where I attended. Mm. And a great business guy, PhD, knows his stuff. And all, all, everyone wanted Dr. Green to meet with him. They just Everybody. Did. They were like, well, will you give me coaching, just like you're saying. And just like Dr. Z, Dr. Green wasn't looking for a Steve Currington to sit down with and, and put all this time in. So what I had to do is I initially had to make time to figure it out. Wait a second. Wait a second. So you had to think about where you wanted to be and you had to realize with reality to look at the, to look at reality and realize I'm not where I want to be. And then you had to be intentional about blocking out time to get to where you want to go. Right. That's amazing. If this concept starts Catching on where we as a, as, a, as a group of thrivers, if we start blocking out time to pursue goals that matter, if this catches on, I mean, Harry Carey, his, his dead body might, not need, might, might need to be resurrected here so we can say, Holy cow. I mean, that's an amazing thing. I mean, right. if, once you realize that when you, because you, you met Steve Green or Dr. Green, you met mm-hmm. Dr. Green because of your desire to do that. And you blocked out time. Now, how, yeah, what was so the process you went through? I knew he was an early riser. 
I, I knew he was. So in, in the beginning, I would buy breakfast and I would try to beat him to the office. That was my move. I just tried to get to the office before Dr. Green would get to the office so that I could spend that time. And then I brought him Chick-fil-A. Awesome. I'd be at the Chick-fil-A line uh, at the moment that they opened at six o'clock in the morning. And the little chatter thing would be like, we're not open yet. Come back. And I just sit there until <laughs> dawn. And all the people at Chick-fil-A and Bixby know me because I love it. Dawn Welcome w- to Chick-fil-A. It's 4 a.m. Please go away. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it says. There's like a thing that comes on. We're not open, dude. Mm-hmm. Sorry. We're not open. Yeah. But Sorry. see right there, I love your passion because like he took the time, you thought about your goal, and then you were like committed to that. You know, Yeah, but I'm at the time I had a business partner yep. that it wasn't going that well. And I had an office and I wanted to get away. So I moved my office to be closer to Dr. Green. I actually subleased an area from him really? so that I could spend more time with him. And then I paid wow. rent on two places for a long, because I just signed a new lease, but it was important to me to be able to have that opportunity and spend that time. So Dr. Green Clay was doing training because he was consulting with some businesses. So I was like, can I sit down in your training? So I sat in on every single training, every single thing that I could possibly do to be in front of him. Now, Thrive Nation, what I want you to do is an action step. I want you to write down your F6 goals, the things that you're, you're saying to yourself, I would almost die to achieve these goals. I would be willing to give up my time. I'd be willing to give up my hours of my energy, my, fi- my finances to achieve these goals. Make a list of your F6 goals. And when we come back, we're going to walk you through about how to fight through the four fears that are keeping you from being as, as successful as you could be. Stay tuned. DriveTimeShow.com. Ken P. Lott, and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Professional painting by Ken. Uh, quite a bit of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff I know that I needed to do but didn't know how to do it. Uh, webpage, uh, how to hire people, sales, uh, making a schedule, making programs. I mean, just a lot of stuff. I mean, it's overwhelming, but it's good stuff that you can actually put to practice right away. It's a lot different than I expected. Uh, been to different workshops and uh, you're just waiting for the sales punch, you know, and they give you ideas and stuff, but it's always 10 years down the road when you can actually apply the stuff that they're trying to promote. And this is not like that at all. It's very ground level, help you start a business and maintain and grow a bigger business. I like it a lot because he makes you feel comfortable makes you laugh so it opens you up to receive and hear better. Uh, this is great. It's a lot of interaction. You, you can ask him questions, you can help, he can, I mean if you don't understand something he can explain it more. So it's very, very helpful. I mean, it's, they're missing a lot because uh, a lot of businesses uh, probably do some of the steps that he's teaching but there's so much they can learn and to easy steps that they'll grow their business even better. It's not like any other workshop I've ever been to. Um, it's very laid back and a lot of information and it's a comfortable setting. It's, it's awesome. It's a really good, good experience.
All right, Tulsa, welcome back into the Thrive Time Show on your radio. It is showtime, and it is go time for your lifetime. There's no better day than today to start the life that you want to live. There's no, there's no reason to put that off. There's no reason to uh, think about, you know what, I'm going to start to have success this weekend. I'm talking about this is the day that the Lord has made, and you should rejoice and be glad in it because you are above the ground, and that is profound. I'm talking about this is your day to seize this opportunity. Carpe diem. I mean, we need to get we need to get efficient about doing what we need to do. We need to make a list today of our F6 goals, our goals for our faith, our goals for our family, our finances, our fitness, our friendships, and our fun, because if not, it will not get done. And then when we make those goals, we're going to run into these things called obstacles. But check it out. Check it out. Two-thirds of the obstacles are in your mind. What? Two-thirds of those obstacles are in your cranium. What? They're called doubt. They're called fear. But you're going to persevere. You're going to push on through. So here we go. Fear number one, the fear of poverty. You know, George Bernard Shaw, he's, a, he's an author. He actually was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm sorry, the, no, the Nobel Prize, also an Academy Award. And his whole thing is he got a Nobel Prize for literature, right? This guy is like very highly regarded in the world of, of literature. But when you start off as an author, nobody cares. And so people don't want to talk about what he had to do to become successful. They want to talk about the Nobel Prize in literature. They want to talk about the Academy Award. But this is what he said. He says, you are, you are going to let the fear of poverty govern your life, and your reward will be that you will eat, but you will not live. Ow! That hurts. Boom. One more Ugh. time. He says, you are going to let the fear of poverty govern your life, and your reward will be that you will eat, but you will not live. So here is something that I want to encourage you to do. You need to create a margin, a sustainable margin of safety, and then you need to go do it. So the margin of safety, as an example, when I started DJ Connection, I knew I needed to spend about two grand, $2,000 a month on advertisement. I also knew that I made a total of $2,000 a month. I realized I did not want to live in a van down by the river, and it did not make sense to start a business with 30 days of working capital. So I agreed, my wife and I agreed, we are going to make some trade-offs and some sacrifices, and I am going to get three jobs at the same time. So I had a job at Target, had a job at DirecTV, had a job at Applebee's, and that was my backpack. If you ever come inside the box that rocks, that was my backpack on the wall, my East Pack that I would carry around at all times. And in that backpack, I always had flyers and business cards, and I was always ready to pitch somebody if I sensed, if I even sensed, if a woman looked like she was a young <laughs> woman who could be could potentially be getting married soon, if I saw that ring on her finger, I'm thinking she's probably engaged. I remember those days. I can testify. I'm a witness. I was like, I a, I was like I a good MLMer. I remember. You, know, I were, the, you were there? Shirt. I was Shirt there. was there. I remember. We've done a lot of life together. I remember those days. I remember you and Vanessa having those conversations. I remember what you, how you changed what you ate. I remember you turned off your AC. I remember all those things I yeah we went on the 96 cent chicken panini I diet remember. the whole deal is they have a section they have a section sharita inside the, the in the walmart yeah. perhaps you have never been to a walmart <laughs> frozen section but they have this area called the budget, budget gourmet. gourmet they were in a red box yeah and I it's remember. like 70 percent <laughs> sodium yes and this was an upgrade from ramen yeah it's like a salt lake yeah so basically for, for 96 cents you get that budget gourmet yeah. chicken panini. Yeah. And the key was you wanted to heat it in the microwave enough so you wouldn't have frozen chunks yes. while you're eating that. And you'd mix that in with some ramen. Yes. And for a good about Tasty. a buck fifty, yeah. you're fed. You, yeah. you, uh, ramen was four for a dollar. I remember that. And yogurts were also a quarter back then. How much is ramen now? Good high quality ramen. 
I mean, Gwen's like ten for a dollar. A buck? Is it? A, oh, I thought it was a buck. I mean, I it's. It, I, I don't. I don't know the price. I'm sorry, I haven't had ramen. In a we wa- need to go look. We need to investigate. I want to get some out. ramen tonight. <laughs> I'm going to get old school with Throwback. that. So here's the thing: the fear of poverty. If you have a fear of poverty, and you are unwilling to get a third job or a second job or to eat the budget gourmet, you're just not. If you're not willing to make those trade-offs to exchange good for great or just okay with something that could be awesome. You'll never get ahead. So, Steve, talk to the thrivers out there who are saying, okay, I see you. I know your company, Total Lending Concepts, is topping in Google now. I see your business. I drive by the location at 101st in Memorial. I see your Lamborghini. I've seen the cars. I want that success, but I'm afraid of investing in myself because what if it doesn't work? Educate us. Well, you know, I mean, I hate to say this, but I think some people aren't as afraid as they are lazy you're not willing to do what it takes mm. to be there they they Oof. like the success of what everybody else has but they're not willing to do just like you said uh, they're not willing to go get three jobs and to turn off the ac and do that instead they want to complain about they didn't get a leg up or they want to complain about they didn't get an opportunity and someone else had an opportunity you dr green told me this we talked about dr green on the previous segment okay he said your response determines your destiny mm. That's can you re- can you educate the thrivers who Dr. Green is for anyone just tuning in? So Dr. Steve Green was uh, was and is a great friend of mine and was my business coach for a, a very long time and helped me grow Currington Mortgage when when I had Currington Mortgage before I merged it with a, a a big lender. So Dr. Green was my pastor and my business coach and he basically was you know he's my be- he's one of my best friends in the world and so your response determines your destiny. So how you respond to something whatever that might be determines where you go and everybody responds differently. Clay. Some people respond in a way that that takes them down a path where they're not successful, and some respond differently. That's now here, so good. here is some real talk that someone needs to hear. I want you to get this because I was listening this morning to a, a little T.D. Jakes, and I thought about this, and I, I thought about you, Thrivers, and I wanted to share this with you today, and I'm so glad you said this. It was like a divine connection. Your hate makes me stronger. So if you're listening right now and you're mad, I love it. If you're my competitor and you say something bad about me, I love it because I intake that hate and it, it literally motivates me. I have to have somebody hate me. I hate when I'm liked because I, I've I try to, to do more things to make people hate me. Really? So that I can be more motivated. Now, like buy a Lamborghini because it's like literally. A- <laughs> I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example of this. Okay. So in the Bible, there's Matthew 5.10 and Matthew 5.10 says, blessed are the persecuted. I don't go out of my way to irritate people, but I know that when I speak the truth, according to Lee Cockrell, who used to be the, the executive vice president of Walt Disney World, they managed 40,000 people. He told me one time, I'll never forget, he says, Clay, if you're going to be honest, you'd better be funny. Mm-hmm. Because people can't handle it. Yeah. You know, so you tell somebody, hey, if, if you're late, again, that's going to keep me from promoting you. There are some people that are just emotionally unable to receive that, right? When you tell them Proverbs 10, 4 said that God blesses the hand of the diligent and punishes the slackered, they can't handle the fact that their laziness may be causing them to be poor. And when 1 Timothy 5, 8, the Bible is so mean today. It says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith, denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. Worse than an unbeliever. Boom. I'll tell you what, if you're a pastor and you're preaching that this Sunday, you had better duck and run for cover. So, uh, Steve, you're saying how you respond to events matters more than anything. Yep. Your response determines your destiny, and you've got to respond in a way 
that puts you where you want to be. Now, Steve, I appreciate you sneaking inside the box that yes, rocks, but you're going to go yes. off and write close to more mortgages and stuff. And Sharita, the shark, it'll be the Shark and Clark duo, <laughs> where we're going to help you fight through these fears that are repelling the success that you deserve. Thrivers, I believe you can have success, but I also know if you're unwilling to fight through the four main fears, you will never have the success that you deserve. Stay tuned. ThriveTimeShow.com. Bay boy, now I'm all grown up. I used to cruise the used car lot, put chrome on the truck. Bay boy, now I'm all grown up. Yeah, we used to ball like that. Now we on the ball team, holler back. Now I got my name is Nikki Warren, and I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The name of my business is The Mocha Butterfly and I'm a fashion designer. So I heard about the Thrive Time Business Workshops through a dear friend of mine, and I got a chance to meet with Clay and Dr. Z, and uh, as I talked to them a little bit more, uh, I loved what they were doing, and it just made me you know, more intrigued because I really wanted to grow my business. Well, what I've learned is that uh, for for my business in particular, uh, marketing is needing to be you know get it. I need to step it up a lot more and and the uh, just focusing in on some key things to get that really going is going to really get me where I want to go with my goals. I think it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere, uh, which most business oriented. You know, I'm an artistic you know, artsy person, and I tend to lose interest very quickly if I don't have something to keep me engaged. And, you know, the humor, the real life experience, um, and the casualness of it is just really engaging for me. And it's just very relatable. And so for me, I am having a, a, a ball. Like, I was so excited to come yesterday. I was had, I had butterflies, literally, <laughs> butterflies in my stomach. And uh, I'm just really excited to be here. Well, uh, it's an interesting place. It's got a lot of uh, words of affirmation and quotes and things like that. Very positive environment. Um, the people here are very nice and friendly. And I love the way the uh, room is set up. It's very open space type of uh, model. and. Um, like I said, it's it's a it's more of a casual environment. It's not stuffy and professional. You know, like it's professional, but it's not stuffy professional. There is a difference, and so it's very warm and inviting here. Love the teaching style. Love the presentation. Uh, very organized and easy to follow. Um, and like I said, the real life experience and the humor just adds that much more to it. I know people who go to different workshops and. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure if they're grasping all of what's being presented there, but I am almost 100% sure that if they come to a workshop like this one, they will get some great golden information that's going to help them meet their goals if they're willing to apply what they hear. There's no upselling here, um, which I, that wasn't really a big concern for me, but if, we're, if I were talking to someone who's very concerned about upselling, I would tell them that they have no worries here and that, like I, you know, I think that this uh, environment is very relaxed, inviting, warm, and engaging. And so even it, it does actually makes you wonder, like, what else, what else is there? I won't lie about that. Uh, so it's kind of more of an independent intrigue rather than someone pushing you into the intrigue of what else is offered. Um, I recommend coming to this workshop because it is um, intimate, an intimate setting, uh, great people. I've met some really cool people doing some cool businesses and the teaching style and the presentation is awesome. One shot, everything rides on tonight. 
Even if I got three strikes, I'ma go for it. This moment, we own it. I'm not to be played with because. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back into the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and I am joined with Miss Sharita Shark. She's one of our business coaches, and I'm telling I'm 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 telling you, Thrivers, if you've not yet uh, met her, you need to. Uh, Sharita is somebody who is a diligent doer, and she's somebody who also has a kind, compassionate heart to help you become the most successful that you can possibly be. And so, a lot of times, she will think of what I'm saying, and she'll try to process it with a, with an empathy, like you as a listener, going, "Are you trying to tell me as you're teaching us about fighting through the fear?" And, and you say that the, the hate of other people actually energizes you. Are you saying that you actually go out of your way to irritate people? Is that, Sreed, is that what you were asking me off the air there? Yes, off the air. I was just saying, hey, I want to make sure I'm understanding. You and um, Dot Com, Steve Currington, are saying, you know, when you're out there working hard, when you're hustling, when you're grinding, when you're being a diligent doer and you're achieving success because you are putting in that work, you're sowing those seeds and you're reaping, there are going to be haters. People are going to respond sometimes in a negative way. And I think you guys are saying, you correct me if I'm wrong, that you use that energy and instead of letting it like bring you down, you let it continue to fuel you. Well, okay. Uh, uh, that's there's is a that lot right? of, yeah, well, there's, well, there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of questions there all at yeah. one time. Um, one is, you know, we're talking about that, that the fear of poverty. Yeah. So what happens is, is the first fear is you have a fear of poverty. Now, once you move beyond the fear of poverty, and you do the unthinkable to go start your own business, okay? So when I started DJ Connection, I remember this. I started DJ Connection, and I hired my first guy. And I'll mention his first name only but because uh, I'm mad at him. But Ezekiel <laughs> uh, used to come to me, and he'd say, I, I, I'm so sorry I'm running behind for the wedding. Now, we started the wedding. Let's say the wedding started at 6.30 at Meadowbrook Country Club. Mm -hmm. And I told the guys to be there at 4.30. I had to come up with the policy to be there at 4.30 because I knew they were always running behind. That way I could tell the bride they'll be there at 5. So even when he was running late, he was still on time. Yeah. Well, then that new on time, the new, the new time I gave him became a new late. So long story short, he starts, he starts showing up at 5.30 for a 4.30 setup. So I started telling him the setup was at 4. Yeah. And I started telling him that the setup was at 3.30. I kept moving it back. Oh, and bitch, I can get him a 3.30 <laughs> setup for a 6.30 show. And he's still showing up at 6. No. And I talked to a, a mentor, and he says, if you're going to be honest, you'd better either be funny or you better have a backup plan. Yeah. So I remember I told the guy, this is the exact wording. I, I mean, this is the exact uh, message I was communicating. I can't remember the exact words, but this is the message I was communicating. I called him up. I said, hey, Ezekiel. I need you to be on time. He goes, man, I'm just, I'm telling you what traffic is going to be a little bit tougher today. Um, I'm currently in traffic right now. I'll try to get there. So after the show, I sat him down and I said, hey, if you are late again to anything for my business, I'm going to fine you $80. He goes, that's just ridiculous. You would fine me? Is that even legal? Can you fine me? I'm an employee. Can you fine? I, and he just, this huge issue. And I said, the issue is not the fine. The issue is that you are perpetually late, and that has to stop. So this happens. He shows up for the next event late. The so next one right after the, the next talk. one. Oh, oh yeah. So I got him his. I gave him his paycheck, and it had eighty dollars missing. He loses his mind, yells at me, freaks out, and I all I was doing was holding him accountable to an established standard we'd already discussed. Then the next week, he's going through some stuff, and he says, hey, I need to get my check advanced because I'm going through some things. 
and I wanted to know if you and Vanessa could help me with my groceries. This is a 24-year-old man. He graduated from Oral Roberts University. Oh, no. And so I said, you know what? I cannot today because I am DJing, but what I could do is I'll get a hold of my friend Rich, and Rich could take you shopping and whatever. So Rich took him shopping on his own dime. Rich DePetris, if you're here, if you know Richard DePetris, if you're listening right now and you know Richard DePetris, shoot him a text message. He's a great guy, but Richard takes this man out, and he does not know what I, what I knew at this point. Yeah. So he takes him out to the grocery store, and he says, well, hey, what do you need? And he says, well, I need some food. I don't have enough money right now for food. And so what kind of food, Sharita, do you feel like that this man who was perpetually late, who, who just yelled at me for, for being intense enough to actually hold him accountable, what kind of food do you think he started asking Rich for? I mean, just you're someone t- 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 being nice, helping you buy groceries. You're in a time of need. Yeah. What kind of groceries would you speculate that this man went for? Well, see, I want to say he, you know, got like some peanut butter and jelly or like some veggies and fruit. But I feel like you're going to tell me he got some lobster or steak or something crazy. Here's like the deal. <laughs> Here's the deal. On the way to the grocery store, I, as God is my witness, I share the story. Yeah. And God can strike me down if I'm not being real about yeah. this. He says, could we pull over? I'm, I'm a little bit hungry. Yeah. So Rich pulls over. And he doesn't order one roast beef. You know the five for five deal? Yes, that's a great deal they've got going five for five. He wants five for five. Yeah. So Rich actually does the unthinkable and buys him five for five on the way to get the groceries. Okay. Then they go to get the groceries, and he, Rich says, well, what do you need? He says, well, I need some cereal. Mm-hmm. And you know about that premium cereal? Yeah, not the bag. You get the bag cereal, or you get the little off-brand. It's the one that has that extra, yeah. that, 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 that special <laughs> stuff, that cereal where it's like the, the name brand. I grew up in a family where we had the bag cereal, Me the too. generic brand. We call it like Fabulous O's. Yeah, Puffs. Puffs, puffs, yeah. Fabulous puffs. Because we couldn't do Captain Crunch. All right. Ours right. just called like Crunchy Captain yes, or something. Exactly. It was like a, some sort of generic brand. Yellow bag. Yellow yeah. bag, mm-hmm. yeah. So he goes in and he gets all of the finest, mm. the finest of the cereal. He gets the Captain Crunch. He gets the stuff that I wasn't even affording at the time. He's wow. getting what is the, the the cinnamon toast crunch? Yes, yes. Some of that yes. real talking, I mean Lucky Charms. Yes. Then he goes and gets the most fabulous meats, the most extravagant. And so he's getting a bigger amount of food no. than Rich. No. So Rich says, hey, hey, listen here. I have to feed my own family. I'm a school teacher. I yeah. DJ on the weekends. You got to dial that down, buddy. Right. And he goes, are you kidding me? I, 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 he did not. No, I'm not kidding. He freaks out at him. Oh and what, he, what you realize is that Rich was trying to do a nice thing, and he was not his boss. I was trying to do a nice thing, and I was his boss. I was trying to do a nice thing for our customers right. by holding him accountable to being on time. Yeah. And as a consequence of holding somebody accountable, what I received was harsh criticism, mm. judgment, negativity, mm. and hate. And it rocked me. Because yeah. I was like, here's a guy I'm trying to help out. And he did that to me. Then, no exaggeration, four weeks later, we have a wedding at the Moose Lodge at 11th and Garnett. And I call a DJ named Josh. I'll use his first name because I'm still mad at him. I know this story. So I, I called remember. him and I said, hey, where are you at? He says, oh my oh my gosh, I cannot find the venue. I cannot find the wedding venue. Oh, I remember. And I said, where are you? He said, I cannot find. This is someone's wedding. Yes, I, I remember. I said, where are you? He said, I cannot find the venue. I'm trying to find it. I said, it's 11th and Garnett. You got to find it. Then his phone goes off. Yeah. And he tells me that, uh, you know, that, that night I finally get a hold of him. He says, I, I missed the wedding. I, and, and Missy, if you're listening, I'm so sorry he did this to we you, that we you, did Missy. this to you. We love but you. But he 
just didn't go. Yeah, I remember talking to Vanessa at this time. And if you live in Tulsa, you know Tulsa's laid out like a grid. I mean, you can find anything easily. So <laughs> so we come back, Thrivers. We're going to talk to you more about fighting through the fear. But this next fear is fighting through the fear of criticism. Because mm. when you're trying to hold your employees, your teammates, people accountable to doing what they said they would do, you'll be called every name in the book. You'll be called names that are so crazy they don't even allow them to put those names in the book because they're so <laughs> offensive. You can't even put that in writing. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about fighting through the fear of criticism when we return. O'Neill Bent and I'm from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I first heard about the uh, business workshops through my wife Sharita Bent and uh, I learned a lot more from her and also got follow-up calls from different members of the organization. Some of the things I've learned uh, about starting my business through Thrive is uh, making sure I'm spending my money on the things I need to spend it on. For instance, uh, like my search engine optimization, uh, my marketing, I'm constantly reviewing the content that I have on my website and um, that's just a few of the things. The overall experience I've had from the Thrive Time workshop has been uh, wonderful. I love how uh, everything that we learn is practical. It's not based off of book knowledge. It's not based off of uh, someone else's ideas. It's based off things that have actually worked and uh, have been tried and true. When you walk in, I mean, we came into a smell of wood burning. Um, there's a chimney outside, so I, we walked to the building. And when you get inside, you almost feel like there's like a, I, I don't know if it's, it's like a pub slash club slash work environment. It, it just feels really good. You have music blaring, uh, friendly faces, people saying hello. And then when you sit down in your seat, you have uh, nice, uh, comfortable chairs, a wooden desk to work on. Um, and everything looks modern, so it's a, it's a really refreshing feeling. Clay's uh, presentation and, and teaching style is very um, efficient, effective. It's also endearing, though, because he's, he's very comical. He'll talk about different things he's been through, um, and they're all very funny, but he also hits the exact points he needs to hit at the right time. Um, you never feel like, man, is he ever gonna stop talking? You always wanna keep listening, and then when it's breath, bathroom break time, you're surprised it's already there. So um, I like how he talks about these practical experiences and uh, it's very enjoyable. The interaction of the workshop is, is mostly, uh, Clay will, will give you information that you need to know, but then he also opens it up for questions. So there's always this um, question and response type of situation. And then there's certain things where um, he'll direct you to do things and it's because he knows that's the way to go. You might question it, but I highly encourage you just to listen and do. And to jump into a business and think that you know everything is um, the most prideful, arrogant thing you could ever do. But to come here and to speak to someone who's already done this many times, has directed several businesses, and can give you wisdom and, and information, I think it's, it's wonderful. And I think uh, you, you can never do anything on your own. You have to have other people around you to help you and he's definitely helpful.
the experience that I've ex I've had at coming to Thrive Time uh, workshops is I was never upsold anything. I mean, I come in, they do exactly what they say they're going to do, and they leave it up to you to follow up and do the work. And uh, I think that's the way it should be. So it's very straightforward, and they do what they say. I recommend that everybody should, should check out Thrive Time Workshop because there's so much knowledge and information there that you can use to help you run your business. And like I said before, I, I don't think you can do anything completely on your own. And when you have so much um, resource and knowledge in one area, you can use all of that and, and get exactly what you need. Hey. 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 Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and that song was uh, sampled heavily from Marvin Gaye's song, Got to Give It Up So Much that uh, our main man, our main man, Robin Thicke, actually lost a, uh, a lawsuit over that one. But Marvin Gaye's family, his surviving heirs, did well as a result of it. That's the kind of knowledge you're not going to get in college. A little, little bonus knowledge for you. But today we're talking about fighting through the fears. There's four main fears standing in the way of your success. And if they're not standing in the way of your success, just look to the right, look to the left, maybe open up your email, and somebody in that inbox needs to hear this because I'm, I, I, am, I am telling you what I know to be 100% true, having coached hundreds of business owners, hundreds personally, spoken to thousands all around the world. And what, what the, the, the deal is, I just saw it this morning. There's a great young couple. They, they come into our office all the time. And I'm not passively, aggressively talking about anybody inside the box that rocks. I mean, this is a sincere, real story. The first client I worked with this morning at 6 a.m., and they had something they needed to do, and they did not do it. And I said to them, I said, you know why you didn't do it? And they said, why? I said, because, because they're asking me all these technical questions. How do I do it? When do I do it? Do you have a sample I could see? What's the way? Do you do it? How do you, how do you? And I said, you know why you're not doing it? You're not doing it because you're afraid of doing it. You're afraid to do something new. And the reason why, the reason, and I, I gave them this example because they're very good musically. And I said, why are you so good playing instruments? And why do most adults not ever learn a new instrument? Why is it that a 35-year-old man that takes guitar lessons, there's almost no statistical evidence of people learning new instruments over the age of 35? <laughs> there are a few outliers. But why is it that people over the age of 35 don't learn new things, but people under the age of 12 learn everything? I'll tell you why. Because you have a childlike mind, and you've not yet been taught this idea of fear of criticism. You're, you haven't been taught yet to, to worry about what other people think. And so as a father, my goal is to help teach my kids it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So this is an example. In my own family, this happened. And if you're the person I'm talking about right now, I will accept an apology. If you want to go ahead and send me an email or a text message, that's fine. But I have a 12-year-old daughter. And what we do in the Clark family is we are financially to a place where we want to be. So we don't, we don't need um, handouts, right? But we have a, a large group of families that we network with, we're friends with, we fellowship with, and they'll say, hey, I have a young kid. Could you, when your younger kids grow out of those clothes, could my kid wear them? And I say, sure. And then they say, hey, I have the, one of their kids is older than my kids. And they say, hey, when my daughter grows out of this, can your daughter, you know, your daughter can have it. I don't have a problem with that, okay? I'm also a guy, though, I'm not like a name brand man. 
I wear a hat every day that says Make America Boom Again. I wear a sweatshirt every day. I wear jeans. I bought my jeans that I'm wearing right now from Walmart. I've got my shell toe, a shell toe uh, Adidas shoes that I bought over there at Foot Locker. I bought five pairs of the same shoes. I've got uh, five different sweatshirts, but they're all the same. I got a hat I have, but I don't, I don't have a lot of materialistic needs. And what happened is there's a family member, and shame on you for doing this, family member. I'm serious. If, if, you, if you know who you are, I, I will accept the apology right now. Now, this is like the Game of Thrones, kind of an epic moment here. But this person said to my kid, said to my kid, when are you going to get your own name brand clothes? All, clothes, all you ever wear are hand-me-downs. No. This is an adult no. saying this to a 12-year-old. Seriously? Seriously. Oh. And this is the first time that my daughter has been running. So she's been going to the Church on the Move, a youth group. Yeah. And by, uh, I'd say... 40% of the kids are good kids. Yeah. Vanessa says she loves going over there. Because yeah. I bet 80% of the parents are good parents. Yeah. Well, what's happening is some of the kids are now saying hateful comments. No. So one girl mm. went to youth group and uh, was going through some stuff. And these other two girls started picking on the girl and making fun of what she was going through. No. And uh, my daughter um, came to her defense and basically said, what you're saying is mean. Yeah. And you shouldn't say that. And so as a result of my daughter speaking up and saying the truth, they no longer will speak to her. I'm glad she spoke up, though. Good but this her. is why I, I, I am an entrepreneur, yeah. and I have fought through so much criticism mm. that I don't care what anybody says to me unless I look to them as a source of wisdom. Yeah. So if I look up to you, that's good, and I view you as a as a mentor and a source of wisdom, mm -hmm. then I'm all about being coachable. Sure, I love because um, I get to watch you and learn from you, um, and you don't even process those things. It's amazing to watch. You don't even let it affect your psyche. It doesn't wreck your emotional state, and I, that's one of my favorite things. I love. So here's another example. Like my wife and I, you you've seen the chicken experiment. Yes, yes. And uh, so we uh, we never had chickens before, but we decided to we decided to go turn our dream, yeah, our family goal you into got the reality. Power. The yeah. So we went out there, we built it, we erected the, the, the structure, mm -hmm. and uh, we got the chickens. And uh, a, a beast, of some uh, kind of beast, some sort of ravages, devilish, devilish uh, <laughs> satanic, um, and the, 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 the Hispanic people call it the, 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 the cupa de cabra, mm. the, 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 the uh, chupa de cabra. Yeah. You know, that Cuba wild animal came in, it snuck it, it just ate all the animals, mm. and Ate all the chickens, blood everywhere, kids are crying. Uh. And I have a family member who says, well, see, that's why you need to do better planning. No, I actually <laughs> went through, I read all the books yeah. about how to raise chickens. Yes. I had the fence put yeah. up. Yeah. I did everything I'm supposed to do. Right. But we had what? Adversity. Mm. So you push through adversity. You learn. And then now we know what we're doing, and we have a lot less chickens being abducted by the <laughs> satanic carnivores. That is so good, though, because I think sometimes um, people try to do everything right, you do your best, and then when you have an obstacle or adversity, it kind of throws you off track. And so I love that you're sharing that. You can maybe do everything right, and something still will happen. It will for sure, you will for sure have adversity. I'm going to yeah. give you some examples. Do you know that in 2003, Tesla was founded? Tesla, the automotive manufacturer, the billion-dollar company. Sharita, if you had to guess, what year did Tesla make its first profit? Oh, I would guess like five or six years later. 2013. Oh wow! Yeah. Now, what year did FedEx? Um, what year did, did FedEx start? I, I, if FedEx. If you look this up, it was an idea in the mind of the founder, mm -hmm. and he went almost twenty years before making a profit. Two zero. Yeah. 20. Yeah. You know that Walt Disney lost it all twice. You know mm -hmm. that Henry Ford lost it all five times. Walt Disney lost it all twice. He was thirty-six years old. 
when he lost it all again, that's my age. And you mean bankruptcy. You're saying like when he lost it all twice. Yeah. Bankruptcy. Yeah. I mean, so I'm just saying to you as a listener today, if you're going to worry about the fear of criticism, you mm. better go get a job. Because I'm, I'm telling you, you cannot handle, you cannot handle the criticism of yeah. entrepreneurship. I get so much criticism all the time. Uh, as an example, Thrive, Thrive15.com. We teach real entrepreneurs how to grow their real businesses. So all of our clients are doctors, dentists, uh, testosterone clinics, cosmetic surgeons, roofers, bankers, photographers, limo drivers, uh, real businesses, drone companies, real estate uh, companies, realtors, appraisals, appraisal companies. Uh, we work with a, a harbor now, Keystone Harbor. We work with a, a Keystone, now the yacht tours they do. Uh, these are real businesses. So I get criticized all the time because I don't want to go to, to you know one million cups and have a conversation with the people at One Million Cups about their one million ideas. Because I don't give a crap about ideas. I care about a real business that solves a real problem for real people. And I'm not going to come out to your One Million Cups to talk about your one million ideas. I want you to focus on one idea. And if you have a real idea, I'll help you sell that thing. Yeah. You'll teach sales, but it's such a dirty topic. So you got to focus on what is your niche. And when you do focus on a niche and you do hold people accountable, what's going to happen is, is you are going to irritate some people. So I was telling you before the break... One of our disc jockeys just straight up skipped a wedding. He, he lied, said he couldn't find the place, turned his phone off. I found out years later, he confided to me, two years later, he says, I just want you to know, he, he used different words, but he was consummating his dating relationship <laughs> during the time of someone else's wedding, and the timing wasn't right for him to leave. Oh. And so I am still, I, I forgive, I don't forget, Yeah. but I was told that I'm a bad person because I said, I do not ever want to speak to you again. Period. And there is nothing that you can say that will make me want to come back. I'm done. I'm done with you. You get, well, well, we knew each other in college. Well, we used to, but not anymore. We're now done. you're just somebody that I used to know. That's right. So the fear of criticism, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who's saying that? Matthew 5.10. Shark, I want you to process that. Yeah. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean to you? Well, the first thing when you say it, I get kind of a feeling because it's like we don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to be persecuted and you don't want to be blessed in your persecution, especially when you're doing the right thing. I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. Usually when you do the right thing, you want good things to come for you. But this is saying, hey, you're going to be persecuted for doing You've the right thing. You've managed people in the office. Yes. Don't tell anything. It's too soon. I will. Nothing, <laughs> nothing too soon. Okay. But stuff from maybe six months ago. Sure. Think of an example where you followed up with somebody mm -hmm. and you had to hold them accountable and they got mad. Give us Give us an example. Oh, gosh, there's so many. Give I me, mean, give, you follow up, people, sure, and they get mad. Sure, One was like, you know, a time card issue. You know, someone, um, their hours that they had listed were not accurate, and some of the things that they were billing for you definitely didn't do that, you know, um, but they were telling me they did. Now, we come back, we're going to teach you, we're going to show you how to fight through the criticism of others when we come back on the thrivetimeshow.com. Sam Parker. Okay. I'm Karina Parker. And we live here in town. Um, we're looking to be in like the food industry. Thrive Time workshops, we've learned about advertising and what we need to do to get our name out there, what we need to do to get to the top of Google, uh, you know, the necessary steps that we need to take right now to get to where we want to be. 
the Thrive Time Workshop experience is, is really um, encouraging and it's, it's great hands-on um, information and stuff that we can relate to because we're able to talk to people here that are going through the same stuff that we are. There's motivation everywhere. If you don't feel motivated, then something's wrong with you. It's, it's very upbeat. All over the walls. Yeah. Uh, he's very funny, uh, like a comedian, but at the same time, he wants you to learn. And so if you have any questions, he's willing to help you and uh, talk you through anything, any questions that you have, but at the same time making it fun and encouraging for you. He's also very candid. He doesn't hold anything back that most people are like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't say that because it's offensive. Yeah, you can he, tell he's being real. He doesn't real. care about offending people. No, he just wants to help you. <laughs> so I heard an advertisement that said to leave your wallet at home, and I mean, that's what it's been the whole time. It hasn't been like, oh, make sure you stop by our table in the back and buy 10 books and sign up for a two-year subscription with us. It was just like, hey, you know, what we do offer, there wasn't pressure, and it's a month-to-month -month thing. It's not like you're signing your life away. I made a mixtape in my dorm room. I can't believe this. It doesn't seem true. I won't stop, though, till everybody knows. ThriveTimeShow.com is the best site in the world. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Now, if you started from the bottom and you're still at the bottom, that's not the way it's supposed to go. I mean, if you started from the bottom, you say, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now I'm still at the bottom. <laughs> no, that's not a song you want to be singing. You don't want to be running around. Started from the bottom, now I'm at the bottom. Started at the bottom, now I'm going deeper to the bottom. No, you don't want, if you, if you find yourself in a hole, quit slinging mud. Quit digging if you are in the hole. Somebody, if you are, if your life is out of control and you, you just went to a Tony Robbins seminar and you made one thing that a lot of people like to do, you made a 360-degree life change. You just, you spun around, now you're back going back the same way again. That's not a move. So we're teaching you today, we're showing you today how to fight through the four main fears standing in the way of your success. Fear number one is the fear of poverty, okay? We, we, we have to move past that. Now, fear number two is the fear of criticism. Now, Sharita, we were just talking before the break. Yeah. You have managed large groups of people. Yes. And we have, tee up the scenario you were talking about just before the break there. Sure. Um, one that I was discussing just involved, like, you know, billing. Um, someone was billing for jobs that they had not really done, and we all knew that because we were here with them. So a member of your team yeah. was claiming to have done work they didn't do. Definitely. Claiming time and jobs and wanting us to pay them for it, you know. So. And so when you asked them, let's talk to me, how did you approach sure. the situation? Because sure. you're not a judger like <laughs> yeah. me, you're yeah. not you're not going in there, you know, immediately accusing people yeah. like me. What would you What were you doing? Well, I was suspicious because I thought I don't remember this happening, but I thought, well, let me just go and talk to them. And I said, hey, I need to ask you about this line item here. You know, this job, this this amount of time. When was this done? Because I don't I don't have any record of that. I didn't assign that. You know, I've spoke to Clay. He didn't assign it. Where did this come from? And the human race only has three to four ways to respond to this. Sure. One is they say, you know what? Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Mm -hmm. I will fix it. The coachable. That's that's very rare. Yeah. The second is I will attack. Yes. I will attack you. Yeah. The third is to claim I'm going through a, some third-party, <laughs> nebulous, indescribable <laughs> disease or family situation that sure. now no longer makes me accountable and it makes you a meanie for following up. Yeah. So what was when was the first time where somebody attacked you? Were you they just push back or maybe they did you ever run into that or, or I, do I operate in a different universe and space and time where people are mean to me 
when I follow up with them, but they're nice to you. No, I mean, I've definitely run into people being mean. I think it's when you try to hold a boundary and say, okay, well, because, you know, we didn't assign that to you or because you stole that and that doesn't belong to us and you're going to have to pay for it. Whenever you hold a boundary, I've been attacked for that before and it does not feel good, you know. I had a funny, funny situation that happened uh, this this morning Mm -hmm. and I like it so much. What is it? (laughs) We had a, a person who was on your search engine team. Yes. And she just says, well, I just don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. Now, search engine people in my office, by the way, if you're looking for a job and you're emotionally stable, and I know and I know that people listening to our show are emotionally stable people. Yeah, they're the best. And I know people listening to the other station, that's the people with some problems. Yep. But you guys, you guys have it all figured out. But if you know of somebody looking for a job who's emotionally stable, who can show up on time and who dresses sharp, Wow. Send them over here because they can make about $600 a week doing search engine work if they're willing to put in the work. They need to come to our interview. They do. They need to get out to it. So email us, info at thrive15.com. Here's the deal. This person, though, we won't, we'll just call her, we'll just call this person Special K for whatever reason. Okay, Special K. I I just don't have time to write the articles. I'm going, right now I have this new opportunity. I'm very frustrated. I feel like I'm being boxed in. I feel like I'm being micromanaged. I feel like uh, this opportunity is not the right job for me. Guess who emailed this morning looking for a job? (laughs) Oh, the same person before. And the thing is, if you're somebody who doesn't do your job where you're at now, you follow you to every job you go to. So at the baseline, I mean, if if you're dealing with people that aren't, they don't have a good work ethic, they're fighting back with you about every little thing and people are criticizing you, don't worry about it. And so I'm going to give you some ample examples that your human mind can handle. Okay, here's a notable quote. We'll come at you hot from Aristotle. By the way, this is the guy who Alexander the Great was taught by. He was Alexander the Great's mentor. Not Alexander the Good or Alexander the Average. I mean, Alexander the Great was taught by Aristotle. He says, there is only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Mm. Now, so here's some, some examples. Um, I can't relate to this because I'm a, you're a pasty male host, so I can't relate. I'm, I'm, I was working on a, an adult beverage I was going to release into the marketplace called the Pale Male. <laughs> and I thought it would go over really well because, you know, for people who don't have any pigmentation at all, sometimes we feel like we're, we, we've got some issues. And so we could come together and unite and we could go, look, it's albinos everywhere. <laughs> we could have Pale Male together. But no, in all sincerity, um, Martin Luther King Jr., he basically saw that there was uh, segregation yeah. and that African-American people were being treated differently from uh, Caucasian people. Mm-hmm. So he dared to say something that I know is offensive. He yeah. said, I want to be judged by the content of my character and not by the color of my skin. Now, Sharita, historically speaking, I'm not trying to put you on the spot with, with, mem- with remembering specific dates and times, sure. but why was that not okay to say that? Why was it like, unthinkable that a man, an African-American, would stand up and say, I want to be judged based on the content of my character and not the color of my skin. Well, definitely during that time, you know, our country was, you know, not operating that way. And it's, you know, a sad moment in history, but things were very segregated. You had, you know, your colored water fountains, your colored entrances, and people were not being treated, you know, with the dignity and respect just for being humans and based on their character. But most people... And most went, people ascribe to that. Most you know? people went to that flow. They just yeah. followed that flow. They yeah, said, I don't want to criticize the current cultural norm. Oh, yeah. So even though they knew in their hearts that it was wrong, yeah. they went with it. Yeah. Because that's what most people do. It was normal, quote unquote. So here's an example of something I don't think is good at all. This is just an example of something. Drivers, you're going to go, what? Why are you saying that? 
I know that the test scores of the kids who are graduating from high schools mm -hmm. in the public school system are not good. I know that the level of performance coming out of those schools is not good. And I want to put in something that is crazy offensive called merit-based pay, where teachers are paid based upon results. And you say, well, you're a meanie. You don't know anything about education. That's right. So I pulled my kids out, and now we homeschool our kids. And many people criticize that all the time. I hear so many people saying, well, are your kids growing up to be morons? Do they even know what's going on? How do you? And they always ask these little passive-aggressive questions, like, "Do you, how do you know your kids are really learning? I mean, do you do you know if they really are up or learning at their current grade level? I mean, are you are you sure that they? No, my kids are a bunch of idiots. They can't read. They can't write. No, my kids. I work with them all the time, and we actually hired a lady named Miss Tristy Fryer, a former Bixby Teacher of the Year, yeah. because she is one of the best mm -hmm. to work with the kids. She, she works with my kids and with your kids. Yeah, she's great. And she's great. Yeah. But I, you know, stood up for something I didn't believe to be right. And rather than just attacking public schools in general sure. and attacking something without any solutions, I took the action steps that I could take, and I decided to homeschool my own kids. But when, when Martin Luther King stood up and said, hey, listen, this whole segregation thing isn't right, people attacked him. Yeah. They threw things at him. Literally. They, they yeah. did. Hit mm -hmm. him with fire hoses. They actually shot him and killed him. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not that dramatic for you, Thrivers, but if you want to start a business, let me tell you who's going to be excited about it. Nobody. You know, nobody like the old Key Sweat song? Nobody. <laughs> don't, you remember don't, that song, Thrivers? If you remember that song, nobody who can love you like me. Nobody. nobody. Thrivers, you ever heard that song? I remember it, 90s. No, my gosh, 90s R&B. They don't no. make music like that anymore. You know, I feel, Thrivers, here's the thing is, I'll oftentimes I don't want to make you guys have to uh, wait on me as I queue up music, but this is worth it because <laughs> Keith is. Sweat, he had a thing going on there for a while where he was basically like the love jam yeah. guy. So let me get this queued the up nasal, here. The nasal, the nasal stuff. Right, here we go, here we go. Okay, let me get into the chorus so you can remember. Here we go. Oh, well, this is Keith Sweat coming in there. He's playing at a casino near you, I'm sure. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here, here comes the chorus. Thrivers, here we go. Nobody. He will not take Dayquil. Nobody. That guy has no Dayquil. He did not have access to Dayquil while performing. That's why he sounds like that. But nobody is going to encourage you but you. If you're waiting for the if you're waiting for the support team, the backup, the reinforcement, somebody to get cheer for you, isn't going to happen. Jesus, at the age of 33, you know, was killed. Why? Because he was sinless, blameless. He came to teach people about the 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 full trinity of God, teaching them about these eternal messages of salvation, teaching people to love each other. So we killed him, right? And then any president. <laughs> so President Obama, as an example. So we killed hey, him. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So we killed him. <laughs> so, hey, everybody. So I'm, uh, I'm President Obama. I'm a, a good speaker. I'm uh, left of center politically, and I'm now in charge. And right away, 49% of people. Pissed. Oh, he's just unbelievable. Pissed. This guy, he says, who is it? And you know the same thing is happening right now. With Trump. Right? <laughs> but the other half is now. Right. Pissed. So the thing is, it all it's like that. So the key to being not president is to try to appeal to both parties. Mm. So here's my, here's my candidate. My name is uh, uh, President uh, Donald Obama. <laughs> and I have a birth certificate. I'm showing it to you right now. I am a billionaire. I've got a huge, huge amount of money. And I believe in universal health care. And uh, I also believe that we should uh, raise the minimum wage. And I also want to build a huge wall. You're going to appeal to no. You're going to appeal to nobody if that's what you're doing. So you, if you're going to, if you're going, not going to stand for something, 
Just understand that society will run right over you. And so you say, well, mm. so you mean I have to fight through criticism to be successful? Yes. Yes. And so Steve Jobs gives you a notable quotable, a word of inspiration from the man who co-founded Apple, from the guy who took Pixar, which is a failing company that George Lucas had started. George Lucas, you know, who started Star Wars, he was going through a divorce. His business was not doing well. So Steve Jobs took over as the CEO of Pixar after he got fired from the company he started. Mm. A lot of people don't know that. You know, Steve Jobs yeah. got fired from the company he started. He got fired from Apple. So he goes over to Pixar. He releases the movie Toy Story, helps get that technology on point. He says this. He says, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Almost everything, all expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking that you have something to lose. You are already naked. Now, this is not me, Clay Clark, your business coach, talking to you. I am not, this is not a business coach saying this to you. This is Steve Jobs. He says, there is no reason to not follow your heart. No one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. And yet death is the destination we all share. No one has ever escaped it, and that is how it should be, because death is very likely the single best invention of life. It's, life it's, it's a life change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. My friend, this is the day that the Lord has made, and you should rejoice and be glad in it. This is the only day you're promised. You're not promised tomorrow. I don't know any, and unfortunately, I, I do a lot of sales coaching with insurance agents who deal, are dealing with the, the death of, of one of their policyholders. You know, someone dies, and when somebody dies, it's never at the right time. Yeah. So I encourage you right now to get serious about your life and don't worry about the criticism and quit trying to avoid it. If you're going to have success, you actually have to embrace, embrace criticism and actually somehow find a way for it to motivate you. Um, criticism, uh, there's this concept back in the day of alchemists. Yes, And alchemy, the idea was that they could turn any substance into gold. Mm -hmm. That was the rumor. That was the plan. Yes, yes. That's what adversity does for me. Yeah. And every successful mm -hmm. entrepreneur I've found, they can take adversity, mixed in with a little bit of criticism and some negativity, and somehow that turns into the motivational music that... That, 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 that pre-energy workout, that uh, adrenaline burst, that, that, that surge of creativity, it's that extra push, that extra wind they needed in the sail that gets them going. And when we come back, we're going to talk about fear number three that every successful entrepreneur must fight through, and it's the fear of the loss of somebody that you love. Stay tuned here on the thrivetimeshow.com. We're talking about how to persevere through the Don't fear. My name is Sean Lohman, and I'm from here in Tulsa, actually, Owasso. I own a residential redevelopment company, so I buy properties, and then I fix them up, and then I sell them for a profit. Well, Thrive is very non-industry specific. So when we come here, there's business owners from all different aspects of business. You know, they're doing all different industries, and he's teaching us how to look at it from that angle because he's he owns nine businesses Clay Clark owns nine businesses so he's he knows what's in common with all of them 
So he's teaching these big principles, things like just the backbone of how a sales conversation should look, or specifically what your, your marketing campaign needs to look like in order to make it be sustainable. Um, those are some of the biggest things that I'm gonna take away and implement immediately. It's, a, it's an intimate environment. You know, there's less than, less than 30 people here, business owners, so you get a chance to ask questions and it's just really informative and um, inspiring. Oh, this place is cool. There's a lot going on in here. There's a lot to look at. Um, there's a lot of uh, inspiring and motivational things on the walls and lots of accomplishments and just uh, a very cool yet productive atmosphere. I'm coming in here yesterday and you know we're, there's a sales team in here, it was Friday. So you know they're, they're ringing appointment bells and hitting gongs when they're making sales and it's just a really um, motivating environment to be in to see you know, how, this, how this business is done, basically. Clay's presentation style is really great. This is kind of a no BS, very direct sort of style, but he'll also get you know, non-specific with, with what he's teaching, and then he'll get very specific, and he'll use stories throughout the process to really help it connect to you and, and make it implementable. Consistently, he is, he's offered an opportunity to ask questions at the end of each workshop, and so that's really where you know, the learning takes place, is asking those questions and, and getting those direct answers so that we can you know, take those action items away from that. Uh, I don't see enough questions being asked, and sometimes that's just natural, um, but if people are missing out on the opportunity to ask questions, they're missing out on the opportunity to learn. And so if there's anything that's going to stop you from learning and growing, it's you. If you're here, you're going to learn and grow as long as you're motivated to do that. And these other seminars that I've, I went to six actually in the last year. So uh, of these six, uh, at, at every single opportunity, you know, at the end, always, there's always a back of the room thing. Hey, you can spend a little money here and get this or that or this. And although those things are helpful, that's not always necessarily the best feeling we want to get. So he wants us all to know, and he's very clear about the fact that he's not trying to upsell us anything. His motivations are different. He's not trying to sell us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to mentor us. And he's very open about it. So I'd say it's, it's awesome. That aspect of it's awesome. We need more people who are motivated in this world. We need more people who are willing to become entrepreneurs, who are willing to create jobs. We need more of that, there's not enough of it. So that's, the, to me, the message, that's the, the goal, is mentor a million people is this company's idea. And it's a beautiful idea, and I'm behind it 100%. So I wanna contribute in any way I can as I move forward. This is just awesome. You know, Thrive Nation, I want to. I hate, I hate to disagree with the Jigga. I hate to disagree with the Hova. I hate to disagree with, with the J to the Z. I hate to disagree with a man with more nicknames than any person I've ever known. All self-proclaimed nicknames. But I will tell you, Jay-Z's got to be wrong because you are ready. You are, you are ready. You are prepared. You have what it takes. And if you've been looking for your breakthrough, a lot of people want to know, by the way, they say, what's that noise in the background? Anytime that we um, sell a conference ticket to our next in-person workshop, the cowbell goes off. So if you want to change your life because you know that you are ready, you're ready to receive the success, you, you're, you realize you were put on this earth for a reason. There's no luck about it. If you, are, if you understand that that's you, then you really need to go. Then the, the next step that you're going to do is you're going to go to thrivetimeshow.com. You're going to go up there. And without fear of being upsold, because that's not what we do, you're going to buy your tickets for our next in-person workshop. And then because I'm trying to sell you something, you're going to go read those reviews and you're going to figure out whether it is what we say it is. Because I just met a lady named Terry last weekend. I just saw her walk by. She sells this unbelievable barbecue sauce called Carl's Barbecue Sauce. And I met her and she's a real entrepreneur. And this is what she was looking for. 
You know, would you realize that, that there's companies out there like TLC Mortgage, like Barbie Cookies, like uh, the Tulsa Oilers, when you realize the elephant in the room, when you realize that all these companies out there that are having this crazy success, they all have one thing in common. It's Thrive15.com, the world's best business school, and we're helping these people have exponential growth because it is my civic duty to make America boom again. And as your next uh, non-elected, not even going to be ever close to president, <laughs> I accept this challenge that I've given to myself. And I uh, am very excited to help make America boom again. That's why I always have that hat on. That's my whole passion. Because when your business booms, everything else just tastes better. Everything else just gets better. But you've got to fight through the fear to make your business boom. We talked about fear number one. If you're just tuning in, fear number one is the fear of poverty. If you missed it, by the way, go to thrivetimeshow.com and check, check, check it out. Get on that podcast, baby. Use some of that smartphone technology. Quit being dumb. Use that smartphone. Use that smartphone. Fear number two was the fear of criticism. Now, fear number three, Shark, I want you to kind of tear, uh, tee this up here. This is the fear of the loss of someone. This is the fear of the loss of the love of somebody. Again, it's the fear of the loss of love of somebody. So it's if you... Hold people accountable as an entrepreneur. You are afraid that you will lose the love of somebody. Yeah. So I'm going to let you first just kind of warm that up a little bit, yeah. kind of marinate on that. Definitely. Well, this one is the one that jumped out to me when we were talking about the show today, um, just getting prepared, because we all, we want people's love and admiration and respect. We don't want rejection. We don't want, you know, chaos and fallout with people. And we want to get along. You know, I, I want to, you know, get along with everyone on the team. I want to work well together. But sometimes when you know you have to hold someone accountable or you're going to have to have a tough conversation, it may change their response to you it may change the dynamic of that relationship and you know it is hard to accept sometimes what does love mean you know love is just those feelings what of just fondness affection caring about someone and I'm a big fan of like I think you know it should be okay to speak the truth in a loving way. You know, if you have to get on to me about something, Clay, um, or Sam, when Sam's like, hey, you need to talk louder, get on the microphone, you know, I don't, I'm not going to withdraw my my care for you as a person. I'm going to receive what you're teaching me, you know, but it doesn't always work that now, way. Now, Thrivers, I'm always trying to find a way to weave in that <laughs> late 80s music here. So good. Kind of hair band time. So this is this is a song by Foreigner. Drivers, you remember this song? I need a skating? lighter. I need a lighter. This was a song that so many couples were, were quad skating to. They've got that that, that kind of denim on. There's a disco ball. Yep, holding hands. And the black light was a new thing. No one had seen a black light before. When you put on that black light, people said, oh my gosh, what is that? What is that? What makes everything light up like that? How is it possible? And then you had your neon laces, and it would make people, people would smile, and their teeth would look like purple. <laughs> They're like exploding. Because it was the 80s and black lights were awesome. But remember the song? It says, Here we go. He's going to the chorus. He says, I want to know what love is. So good. Drivers, I'm going to unpack it just a minute. I'm going to skate backwards. I'm going to skate Here backwards. Here we go. I'm just going to let it happen. Drivers, turn that up. Get that, get that AM dial ready. Drivers, sing it with me now. Here we go. I'm going to allow you to do it. I want to know what love is. Come on, drivers, to the left and the right. Drivers in the drivers in the back row. Sing it with me now. I wanna feel what love is. If you've got two dollars in your pocket right now, put your hands up. <laughs> All right, I'm just messing with you. But here's here's the thing. I, I'm being serious. Oh. Love is an unconditional, mm. 
unconditional acceptance, like an unconditional love. And the only unconditional love that I know of is God's love. True. And you might disagree with me, that's okay. But here's some real talk. At my dad's funeral this year, my dad passed away about five months ago, there was a man who uh, said horrible, horrible things about my brother or about my dad at my dad's funeral. So at my dad's funeral, there was somebody who said horrible, horrible things about my father at his own funeral. Mm. And he could have shared his feelings previous because he died of ALS, which is a slow atrophying of the body mixed with a little suffocation just for fun. And that's how my dad died. And there's somebody who definitely spoke negative things about my father at his own funeral. And that man was my brother. And so I did what I believe to be the, the etiquette. You know, it's a proper etiquette in Broken Arrow. If you're from, a broken, if you're from broken Arrow and, and you uh, understand this logic, maybe from Coweta, maybe Sepulpa, maybe we got some Tulsans out there, maybe some people from Sand Springs. I knocked him out. I boxed him. <laughs> bam! Just bam right there. And I, I hit him with a Tom bomb. Yeah. That was my dad's name. Yeah. And so there's certain members of my family who are like, man, I can't believe you knocked out your brother. And I said, I can't believe you let him say those bad things about my father and you didn't stand up for my dad. So these certain people wanted to negotiate and say, well, th this is that's the that's the thing is that you're you know, we, we, you can't do that. You, you know, and I'm, they're at a funeral letting somebody say something bad about a man who just died of ALS, who has tried to make amends with everybody. He was a great dude and a very nice human, a great dad. He did the best he could. And you're not going to speak up for my dad. So I am not exaggerating. I no longer speak to anybody on that side of the family at all. Aunts, uncles, done. Because all of them said, well, you overreacted. Well, overreacting is sitting there and letting somebody speak poorly about somebody at their funeral. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Now, that might be something you don't agree with, but you I, that's okay. And I'm not saying that my morals have to be your morals. I'm saying that you must decide today what your morals are, and you must stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. You've got to understand that you're going to occasionally lose the love of some people when you stand for something. Hmm. We had a member of my family who was a crazy racist. And I remember standing up to the guy. I never talked to the guy anymore because I had to stand for something. You, what do you have to stand for? But if you fear the loss of somebody, then you'll never, it'll never be the right time to make the right move. And you'll start to see the, the value of what I'm saying of fighting through criticism farther along. Farther along. Which is why I'm queuing up some Carlton Pearson here. Pre-heresy, Carlton Pearson. Here we go. It's okay to sing along. If you went to higher D, crank it up. Fight through that criticism. Sing it again. Farther along. Come on. Farther along. If you're going through some criticism right now, you'll understand why farther along. Stay tuned. ThriveTimeShow.com. My name is Tyler Schultz with Witness Security from here in Tulsa. Well, I actually started listening to uh, Thrive on the radio, 1170, and uh, then I got my dad into uh, listening to the show, and then it actually turned into Clay gave us a call, and uh, we started actually working with Clay on a weekly basis. He's helped us drastically when it comes to the SEO, getting us high, a little bit higher in different markets. Uh, we then he offered the conference and just learned a lot when it comes to the sales and um, the 
employee side of things, it's going to help our business drastically. Oh, very um, intuitive, just uh, pulling you in to break down each part of your business. Uh, the interview process, the employee process, um, if employees not working out, you let them go. It's a drastic experience. You just have to come and check it out. I mean, there's so many things that they can help you with. Clay's a funny guy. Uh, he just wants to get into each and every uh, person's business and help you out. Oh, I know I've asked a couple of questions and he's uh, broken down that question and answered it uh, in several different ways. There, there are so many different things. The SEO, uh, first and foremost, he will help you get the, the more business coming in. And then once that is coming in, then he uh, helps you with the employee process of, uh, do I need to hire more people? Do I need, what, what do I need to put in place? And he gets you there. You hear of all the other different type conferences, and I, I myself have never been to one, but uh, the walking on coals and all that stuff, that just seems like a bunch of hype that isn't really needed. And I know of several people that have gone to those type conferences, and yet they haven't, because there's no action, actionable deals, you really don't have any moving forward steps. It's just hype, and it's not needed. Well, just the cost in in of itself versus $6,000 for one conference and no actionable steps versus $1,500 and there is actionable steps. Uh, you can't beat it. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad Buy all of the things I never had I want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine, smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. Hello, Thrive Nation. Welcome back into the conversation. This is your daily destination where you go to change your financial compensation. I've never been uh, on the cover of Forbes magazine. However, if you Google Thrive15.com, the online school that I started, you'll see that Forbes magazine has written about it. I've never actually been married to real royalty, but my wife is a queen, and I will tell you what, she just celebrated a birthday, so happy birthday, happy Vanessa. Happy birthday, Vanessa. We you love you. You are a great American. Yes. And, and Thrive Nation, we're talking today about this concept of pushing through the four fears. There's four fears that every entrepreneur I've ever, wor I've ever worked with, they're, they're battling through one of these. There's, there's obstacles you're going to run into in business, but most of them, two-thirds of them, are in your head. Fear number one is the fear of poverty. Fear number two is the fear of criticism. Fear number three is the fear of the loss of someone. And if you know what you're doing is right, and you've resolved in your mind that what you are doing is right, then if other people react to it negatively, I'm freeing you up to not give a crap. If you are doing what you know is right, and you know what you're doing, you've thought through it, and what you're doing is correct, and someone doesn't like it, then I'm freeing you up to not care. So Steve Jobs said this notable quotable. He says, your time is limited. This is the guy who started Apple. He says, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others', others opinions drown out your inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. Now, if you're self-employed, the only reason you're self-employed is because you care about yourself. 
and you're going to get out there with that smartphone and take a picture of yourself. You're going to put that selfie up online because you care about yourself, because you're self-employed. Now, if you don't care about yourself and you don't care about building a business that's going to serve you, then go get a job. But if you're going to start your own business, you're going to have to irritate some people along the way. You're going to run into some criticism. And if you're doing things the right way, if you have family you've hired, I bet you half of you listening right now have family in your business. And you're not holding them accountable because what they're doing is they're like your brother-in-law, they're your cousin, they're married to your wife's ex's friend's neighbor's cousin, you know, Eugene. And Eugene, <laughs> you know how he is. And you, you can't, I mean, I see a lot of people go, well, he, you know, she, she's married to Eugene. And Eugene, I mean, you know how, she, you know how he is, how he gets, you know, and I just, I want to keep it peaceful. No, what you're doing is you're staying poor. So you've got to push through that fear of the loss of love of somebody. Sharita, I am not somebody who frankly cares whether my extended family uh, likes me at all. It's more I'm going to stand for my values, and if you don't like me, um, I don't care. But what for most people, I think they do care. Can you break it down for me? What's going through most people's heads right now? What are they, what are they fighting through? I, I don't understand it. Sure. No, I think most people, they want to have that sense of unity. They want to have everybody get along, which may or may not even be realistic. But I think you want that unity. You want love. You want peace. You want Eugene, even though, you know, he doesn't always act right. You know, you want to help your family. You want to take care of them. And so I think people are just wanting things to be amicable and peaceful. And um, this reminds me, you told me once, um, it's been years ago, but Ooh. we were talking um, with someone who was saying, you know, they were being sued for the first time. And you were talking about, listen, this is just a reality of owning the business. You were going to get sued. And we were talking through all that. I don't want to get sued, you know. So I think that's what most people are dealing with. They want to be successful. They want to live the life of their dreams. And they want everybody to get along, you know. Now, whether or not those three things can happen, you know. <laughs> Do you remember that song, The First Time We Fell in Love? Who sings that? Oh, my gosh. It's the first. What is the song? Thrivers, Thrivers, Thrive Nation. Email me right now. The first time when we when we fell in love. It's like a 90s song. Is it song. 90s? I feel like it is. I it's, hear it's, harmony. It's, it's uh, of Surface. Surface, the first time. Thrivers. Thrivers, that was very generous of you. Okay, so it's Surface <laughs> by, you can always email us, by the I way. Info the at Thrive. It's info at Thrive15.com. And let me let me cue this up here. Let me let me cue this up. Here we go. The first time surface. Here we go. I love when you do the music. Oh, I I, so I love good. I love music. I'm I'm obsessed. I'm a former DJ, but yeah. every thing we talk about has a song behind it in my mind. So, Travis, you remember this song? This song was like a top hit for a, quite a while. Let me speed up through the chorus. Here we go. You remember this song? Should, should you I remember do, this? and I always feel like I have to say they don't make music like this anymore. <laughs> Drivers, it's okay. If you know it, feel free to sing along. Here we go. Here we go, Drivers. Oh, wow. Here we go. Look on my face, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Thrive Nation, sing it with me now. The first time. Now let me reset that real quick. The first time I irritated family when I was right. I felt bad and went on Facebook and posted a picture of a cloud. 
No, that's what people do. The first time they, they the first time you stand up for something and you crit- and you get criticized, you go on Facebook and you post an esoteric picture of a cloud with some vague statement going, "Isn't it sad when people don't stand up for their marriages?" That's what you do. Stop doing that. Understand that's part of the deal. If you stand up for anything, people are going to get upset. As an example, an ample example that the human mind can handle. Martin Luther back in the day, not Martin Luther King Jr., calm down. We're not talking about him again. Again, we're taking him out of the limelight. We're focused on Martin Luther. He had this thing called the 95 Theses. And what he did was he basically said, I don't, I don't know if this whole concept of indulgences is really the move. And so he posted, this is, this is Theses number 26. He says, the Pope does very well when he grants remission to souls in purgatory, not by the power of the keys, which he does not have, but by way of intercession. What he's saying is, you can't give somebody a hall pass to heaven. That's not in the Bible. Stop doing it. And they thought he was a horrible person for actually reading the Bible and yeah. telling the Pope that he can't send people to heaven as a result of them making a large donation. Yeah. Thrive Nation, I'm just telling you what, you have to stand up for what you believe. If you do not do this, you will fall for anything. Now, I want to stand up for what's right. I want to stand up for America, and I want to stand up for a great Tulsa company called Tip Top Canine. These guys are awesome. They're thrivers out there just like you. They have a great dog training business. And so I decided to write them a song over the weekend. And I, you want to hear it? Here it goes. Sam, cue that song. I'm super excited. Here we go. And one, two, three. Ba-boom. Yep. This album is dedicated to all the dog trainers that told me my dog would never amount to nothing. To all the people that live near me when I got my first dog and tried to call the police on me when I was just trying to get my dog to be quiet, not inside a riot. And all the dog owners in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's all good, baby, baby, baby. It was all the dream. I used to read Canine Magazine. magazine. Pyrenees and bulldogs up in the limousine. limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, dog parks and puppies, puppies at, at the, the mall. mall. I let my dreams rock till I lost my job. job. Jobless and dog crazy. I moved in with my, my mom. mom. Way back when I got my red and black blanky back. back. With the onesie to match. match. Remember Peanuts and Snoop? Wah, 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 wah. You never thought that dog love would take it this far. Well, now I'm in the limelight because right. my dog don't bite. Right. Time to get paid, blow up like the world, world trade. trade. Bruce Jenner, the Olympian winner. winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner. dinner. Peace to therapy, Aunt Nancy. Nancy. People who doubted my dog and questioned my Nancy. sanity. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call the crib, same number, same dog. It's all good. Oh. And if you don't know, now you know. Thanks to Tip Top Canine. Yeah. Call tiptopk9.com. Tiptopk9.com. Check them out. Yes. Yes. And when you're done, check out thrivetimeshow.com. We'll be back after the break. This is my wife, Jensen uh, Watts. We have, she has a photography business that we're trying to get um, up and growing. So I, you know, listen to talk radio. I drive a lot for work. Um, and, you know, got tired of listening to the radio all the time and I can't plug my phone into my truck it's, it's too old um, and so you know one day the Thrive show was just in place of the talk show I normally listen to um, and it was you know definitely more entertaining than most radio shows um, and so that's you know took about a week or two before I actually looked more into it I think it's wonderful it's, it's been great it's a great environment um, I love the feel in here, and I really love how you know, entertaining uh, Clay can be as well. Um, 
Yeah, I am so grateful to be here, and um, I've loved just learning everything. I'm, I'm learning a lot about branding and how to market my business, because that's kind of where um, I've had a hard time is I can take pictures, I'm good at it, I have my prices and everything, but it's hard to get the clientele, so learning about the marketing has really helped me, and I can't wait to implement it into my own business after this, because it's been so great. We're so grateful to be here. I think yeah. I can go home and... Like, I have it written out, the, the steps that I need to take and, and everything, it's very practical. Yeah, a big thing that's, that's helped me, um, you know, even without business stuff is just, you know, a, a mental attitude aspect they have that I can apply to my current job and current life. I love it. I am laughing a lot of the time and it's so entertaining and I, I just love being here. It's awesome. I, I really like the smaller class group, um, so it is more of an interaction, even if it isn't, you know, a constant, raise my hand, here's the question, here's the answer. Um, it's just that kind of feel, just, just a smaller It's great. Yeah. They haven't tried to upsell us anything. It has all just been very knowledgeable, and they are just teaching you how to grow your business. So. Yeah. Clay's been very giving with his, his time, um, his knowledge, his talents. Um, you know, at work, you know, when I was telling people about this, like, I hope you're not joining some get rich scheme. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, even if it is, he's not going to charge me for it. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, I mean, I would even love to come again. Yeah. All right, it is the Thrive Time Show on your radio, and today we are talking about how to fight through criticism because really that's what it is i mean it is a fight to get what you want to get done even if you have a righteous cause i've seen this so often where somebody deeply cares only about helping other people and then they get attacked i see it all the time with my wife i see this this happens all the time with my wife i remember this is about a couple years back somebody was going through some marriage issues and they asked my wife if my wife would give them some tips you know we've been married 15 years. I didn't ask to give them tips. They asked, could your wife give me some tips? So Vanessa goes over there like a, like a missionary, you know, headed into like the, like the vast uh, uh, cannibalistic, uh, 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 you know, deep, dark uh, Amazon area. You know, She's there, so sweet, too. You know, there's areas. Shreda, so you've seen these National Geographic shows yeah. where there's still people out there that are eating people. Yeah, unreached. Just un they haven't even, they don't even know about the internet. They don't know about electricity just if by pristine. chance you are listening to this show and you have an am radio and you haven't found the internet but for some reason you have found the am radio and you're still into that cannibal thing that's yeah. gotta stop you gotta stop but my <laughs> wife goes in there trying to give them marriage tips yeah so one of the things she said was she says if you are married to your husband what you want to do is you want to be faithful and then she kind of lets that marinate <laughs> And then she says, so, you know, when you it said, till death do you part, you know, yeah. through sickness and health, you know, the whole second Corinthians. And she Corinthians. is one of the sweetest, most, she is so kind. So I know I can hear her being so kind-hearted in what she's saying, not harsh in any way. So when she says that, <laughs> immediately there is harsh, harsh oh. criticism coming out like a boomerang. Like you oh. throw out the boomerang of love, and then here it comes, and you have to... You have to duck to not lose your head. Mm. You throw out that, that boomerang of love, and here it comes back at you. Whoa! And you got to duck so you don't get hit in the face. That's sometimes what it's like when you try to do what's right in the world where most things are done wrong. Now, before you get all crazy and say, that's why the, the world today isn't very good, and that's why I've decided to live in a van down by the river under a bunker, that, that's not a move. 
But back in the day, you know, some people say, man, I wish the values back in the day. I wish we could go back to the time where the values back in the day, where the values, because back in the day, that's when the values used to be good. Before you get on that back in the day rant, check it out. Martin Luther, okay, this is way back in the day, right? So there's this guy called the Pope, right? And the Pope, you know, is the head of the Catholic Church at the time. And what happened was the Pope, the, the, the whole uh, Catholic leadership, they came up with this move, Sharita. You tell me if you like this, this, this move, okay? Okay. Let me get my Pope music ready, by the way. I've got to get my, <laughs> my Pope music. Get, get the mood right. Get the vibe going for the Pope. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got this Pope music. And for those of you who are listening right now who are, who are Catholics um, and you're getting all worked up about we this, love just you. calm down. This is, back in the, this is back in the day. All right. Welcome back to my church. We're going to spend about a half hour of me speaking in Latin. None of you are going to know what we're talking about. And then I'm going to say... Then we're all going to get up, and then we're all going to get back down on our knee pads. And we get back up, get back down, say a few things that we memorized, and then if you want to go to heaven, this just in, you can now go to heaven, and you too can buy. You can a two for one special. You can get out of you can get out of hell, and they can get out of hell. A two for one special. All I need is all of your earthly belongings, all your gold. And then you, too, can go to heaven. A two-for-one special, and I'm calling it indulgences. Mm. If you are living a bad life and you've got more scandal than you can handle, all you got to do is make a big donation. I don't care how you get the cash. Just get me the cash. Okay. I don't mean to hard pitch you guys, but seriously, you will definitely go to hell if you don't give me all of your cash. Come on. Let's go. And then one by one, you see people getting up going, well, I guess I, I, guess I don't want to go to hell. And so people who've never read the Bible because they can't speak the language... Because it was all, the, the Bible wasn't allowed to be read because you had to get, deal with the Pope, and the Pope knew everything, right? The priests knew everything, and the, the people going to the church didn't know anything. So they're like, well, I, I, I guess it makes sense. What, what do you think, Barry? Well, I don't want to go hell, to hell either. Let's all do it. And they all get up there, and they blindly buy into this concept that you can buy your salvation. Shreda, what's wrong with that? That's not how it works. What do you mean? <laughs> That's not how it works. I mean, you know, um, yeah, you don't have to buy your way in that's not but that's that not was the, the move that was the accepted move that was how you did it well i guess like in that time you know in 1500s i guess that was a great move for whoever was benefiting but it's what's not the move what was the deal what, what was what martin luther king jr you know is this okay hey if you've got some skin color you can't go in that door you get to go into the to the restroom that hasn't been properly maintained you yep. can't go in the front door why was that cool yeah just foolishness i don't know i think people we have our foolishness that we ascribe to as being normal check it out yeah. Most people care more about being liked mm. than about being right. Mm. And I don't. Yeah. So if you're going to be successful, understand that your path will be stressful. Mm. And you have to care more about being right than being liked often. you got another battles you're going to fight. I mean, sometimes you don't have to fight every battle. I mean, I, sure. I went to Walmart the other day. Why would you go to Walmart? Well, I went to Walmart because I wanted to get this. <laughs> TV is a good deal on the TV. I go into yeah. Walmart, and there's a lady who's not being a good mom. Mm. She's got like a three-year-old, and she's like, I tell you, this is why you can't, we can't have good things because of the way. You know, she's just freaking out at the kid, yelling at the kid. I think that has to happen in Walmart every time. I think I, that's the... I, I saw, and it was a lady. <laughs> she's she's uh, uh, just describing her. Yeah. Uh, she's a very, very, uh, 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 let's say just... Uh, She's very angry. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting redneck kind of hillbilly kind of person, and just yelling at her kid who's three, who probably can't even understand what she's saying. Just yelling, just getting crazy. And I watch like you know, I'm just watching, 
And then she looks at me, and I didn't, I didn't walk up to her. I did not walk up to her. I did not try to enter. But I'm just watching, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm just blindsided. She goes, do you have a problem? And I said, well, yeah, with your, your parenting style and the overall way you live, I do have a big problem. And I move on. Because yeah. she asked, yeah, she asked I'm going to give her that, that knowledge yeah. bomb. But I'm not going to run around trying to correct every family in America. That's not my job. But some of you thrivers out there, you're, you're trying to implement a key performance indicator in your office. You're trying to hold your team accountable to showing up on time. You're trying to get your logo done right. You're trying to lead a meeting. You're trying to get your team to show up on time. And if you fear the loss of the love of somebody because you hold them accountable, they don't love you anyway. Yeah. If someone's going to get all upset, all discombobulated because you dared to hold them on time, hold them accountable for being on time, they're not really your friend anyway. Now, fear number four is the fear of change. A lot of people are fearing change. And Albert Einstein talks about this a lot, but he says, a person who never made a mistake never tried anything new. Albert Einstein. Mm. A person who never made a mistake never tried anything new. So I'll give you an example. I started a company called DJ Connection back in the day. And in Tulsa, if you wanted to have a DJ entertain for your wedding, you had to commit to pay the DJ roughly $700 to DJ for you for four hours. And that was all you had. That was the options. Everyone did four hours for uh, $700, and they were all members of the same DJ association. And I came in thinking, well, that's stupid that on the biggest day of a woman's life, she has to be asked, hey, do you want to pay for overtime? So I came up with the concept of doing unlimited time with all the packages and making our packages start at 550 Thus, as a reward, I got all of the business. Thus, as a consequence, all of the DJs hated me. Yeah. And I felt bad, Sharita. I felt bad for a minute there. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't know these things yet. Just for a minute, you felt bad. No, I, I, I felt bad for probably a couple of days. Really? And I talked to Lori Montag, yeah. uh, who started the Zany Bands yes. and the Slap Watch and mm -hmm. Montag Photography. I talked to her, and I, she said, Honey, if they hate you, it's because they know you exist. Mm. And I'm going, what? Just They didn't even know you existed before. This is a sign that you're doing things the right way. Mm. So if you are out there and you're trying not to upset anybody, you're trying to maintain the status quo, then you're probably just going with the momentum. Yeah. And you've got to ask yourself, where are you headed with your life? And so if you're listening today and you realize, I want to make a big change Shreda, can you explain to them what the in-person Thrive Time workshops are all about? If they go to thrivetimeshow.com and they click up there on conferences, can you explain to them what our in-person workshops are really all about? Yes. The, the in-person workshops are wonderful because, A, we are not going to try to sell you anything. We do not upsell you. We literally have this space. It's wonderful. It's energetic. It's exciting. You come here. You have fun. Um, every time there's one, I'm listening and engaged and just excited to hear what's going on. Clay Clark, he is going to be teaching you. We usually have some thriver or some mentor who pops in unexpectedly, but we're just teaching you the moves. You leave here literally with a plan for success because you have to ask yourself is dr zellner super successful because he's a, a super talented optometrist is it because of luck is it because of connections is it because of some spiritual habit force that makes him successful is it because of the earth's gravitational pull filtering monetary currency into his pocket no no it's because he knows the proven path he and i sat down together and we agreed on the 13 proven steps, the 13 moves that will help you become successful. So if you've struggled with sales, marketing, branding, 
search engine optimization, accounting, personal finance. We cover it all and much, much more at our next in-person thrivetimeshow.com workshop. you got to check it out. Also, we have one-on-one business coaching now available. If that's what you want, you want a one-on-one mentor to help you on a month-to-month basis, it costs you less money than it would cost you to hire a full-time $10-an-hour employee to have world-class mentorship. Also, we have the, the podcast version of today's show, always available at thrivetimeshow.com. Check out the podcast. And as always, we also have the world's best business school available at thrive15.com. Your first month is only a dollar. And until next time, three, three two, two, one, boom. boom. Yes. Thrivers, go get them. <laughs>